Thank you for coming Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm really excited to be here today. It's Pride Month. We're recording during Pride, um, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling extra gay. Um, so five Prides ago, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You For Coming Out, um, or TIFCO as we call it, and is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. And in, during this show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Um, podcast is a little bit different. Uh, we have guests that join us each episode to share their stories. So we have a very special guest today. Um, this person has been my best friend for 16-ish years, uh, knows me inside and out, um, is the first person that I came out to first as gay slash lesbian, and then 10 years later came out to as a genderqueer trans person. So. Uh, this person, um, Laura Dolce Bunn, uh, pronouns she, her, hers, um, met you at Ohio State. And so, uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> happy that you're here. Um, a little side note, um, I used to do stand-up, and my opening line of my set was thanking everybody for coming out to the show, and then the joke goes, no one ever thanked me when I came out. And then I, like... <laughs> go on to this whole big thing. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to name this new queer improv show that I was producing, the first thing Dolce says is, you should call it Thank You For Coming Out. Um, and it was just the best idea anyone's ever had. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. So I, I basically named your show and the podcast and I mean, created your whole franchise. You did. So you're welcome. So thank you welcome. for coming out. <laughs> thank you for coming out. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah, so I would, uh, you know, so we all have multiple coming out stories um, in our lives. Um, and so I would love to hear uh, whatever you'd like to share with me about your experience. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's definitely true that we all have so many coming out stories because I think there are little times each day, that like little tiny coming out stories that happen every single day. Um, I think especially now that I... Well, I've been married for a few years, and now that I'm a mom, a new, I'm a new mom. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't um, say that. You're a mommy. That's okay. Yeah. It's the most exciting thing that's happening right now. Of course. So I had to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, every time I talk about her, there's just always the, like, I think the people assume that I have a husband, that there's a father, and so I always want to clarify, and, and that feels like coming out every time I say it. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the times that comes to mind is when I came out to my sister. As you know, this is like 10 plus years ago. Yeah. And we were at a Katy Perry concert. As one would be. And Right. <laughs> and since it was 10 plus years ago, it was the um, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It tour. So <laughs> Was I, that the name of the actual tour? I mean, I don't think I mean, so. I mean, it was like her song though. at the time. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I got her the ticket, so I, I don't remember if I had the intention of coming out to her to that song or something, but <laughs> I hope I did because it's That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Or like super embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the, another time not too long ago when May was newly pregnant, we... May is your wife. May is my wife, yes. Yeah. Um, we went to a new dentist and we're in the lobby and we're the only ones there. It's a small private dentist office. And the dentist um, is like an older man, and he peeks his head out and says hi to us. And then he goes back, and he calls me in first. And we're uh, small chatting, as you do at the, the dentist office mm -hmm. when they have their, their hands in your mouth, you know, and they're like, 
what's your favorite color? And you can't talk. Um, (laughs) But um, so he says, he's like, so is that your child out there? And and I'm like, I paused for a minute um, because I know that the only other person in the waiting room is my wife, who's 35. She's like the same height as me. She's 5'9 or whatever. Um, And I know that he doesn't know about the, like, developing cells in her uterus because like super early um so he's asking if she's my child wait and what yeah wait, I'm just she's like, the sorry. only person out there <laughs> and so you know I'm like okay well here we go I have to come out to him which is fine but I just it's awkward because he thinks she's my child and um so I, I say no she's my wife and because it's the only thing on my mind and because he has to know eventually I also say and she's pregnant with our baby. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he literally didn't say anything. He just was shocked and probably embarrassed, and it was awkward. And so I just kind of was like, ah, uh, <laughs> like just <laughs> keep working on my mouth. <laughs> um, Doing a job. Yeah. <laughs> and then recently, the same dentist office called me to say, um, to say we had a we were due for an appointment and May's full name is Samay and if you you know in in Cambodian the way it's spelled if you don't speak Cambodian it doesn't look it's not like a gendered name and so they call it and this happens often but they say hi Miss Dolce Bun uh, we're calling to say that you and your husband are due for your mm. next appointment and so come out again well she's my wife and thanks bye <laughs> did yeah. not schedule with them again. Um, so little things like that every day, all the yeah. time. I wanna. I just wanna before you, before you go on. I, I need to go back, because <laughs> I thought that you said. I think I just maybe missed the beginning, and you. I thought Kyo was with. Oh no no! You she all? was early pregnant. That yeah. is, I like wish with all my heart I could have been hmm. in that room. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you could have too, and maybe instead of me. Yeah, that was awkward. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Good time. Uh, May yeah. is also often mistaken for my husband. I mean, she's, she, I don't know, she's mistaken for a man. Often she's misgendered. And um, <laughs> it's every time, I'm like, no, she's my wife. And it's often awkward to, people feel embarrassed. We feel embarrassed. Yeah. But it's an everyday thing for sure. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I think for me, one of my maybe most important coming out stories was when I came out to myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was, I had been in a relationship already. I had, you know, had feelings for somebody, but it wasn't until after that relationship that I was really able to admit to myself that I was gay and come out a to relationship myself. with a woman. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I went to college, I had never been in a relationship with anybody. Um, I never had a significant other, and I met this person, this woman, and I guess a young woman at the time. I don't know. Yeah, Girl we feels 18, weird, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can remember the moment that I met her. Like, we were at Tova's apartment. Um, I know where I was standing, what I was wearing. I was wearing that red shirt that I wore every day in college. <laughs> I think it's like in every picture I'm wearing that shirt. Awesome. Um, and I think it's because there. I remember the moment because there was a spark and there was an energy and there was something that was happening between us. And I had never had that feeling really for anyone, I don't think, because I had never thought about the fact that I might be gay. Um, And so I never felt that way for a woman, or at least I pushed it out, never felt that way for a guy. So um, so anyway, you know, over the next few years throughout college, as you know, I have this on and off again, kind of stress, struggle relationship with her. Um, 
it was really wonderful a lot of the time too and and I was very much in love with her even though I was kind of like holding back and not letting yeah. myself be um but I was always asking myself the question of is it just her that I'm attracted to that I have these feelings to or am I gay is this mm -hmm. something that I could feel for someone else eventually mm -hmm. and that was really hard for me to to grapple with because there was a lot of shame involved there was I was terrified and you know, I think it's worth mentioning that we were best friends at the time we had a couple other best friends who are now out and queer but nobody was out nobody at the time we were yeah. all assumed straight I guess mm -hmm. um so that you know it was a silent secret struggle that I was dealing with I didn't even tell you all about my relationship with her at the time so uh, even after I came out to you yeah. and you were in a relationship yes. with a woman, you How didn't tell me in that, that moment, which is, that's fine. Well, that's but like, it's I was. Just, right. Yeah. It, and it just gets interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you were afraid to come out to me yeah. because you weren't sure what my reaction would be. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm in this relationship yeah. with a woman. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after college, I went to Europe to teach English. And um, while I was there, I'm meeting new people and I sort of, you know, I felt like I wanted them to know who I was and I, I wanted to know who I was I need to figure out my identity and I kind of came to this realization after all this ruminating and stressing and thinking about it um, that the only way I could figure out who I was was to figure out who I was without her that mm -hmm. um, was really hard because yeah. it was a long relationship that we had it was you know I had a, a lot of history with her but we I ended it we broke up mm -hmm. and um, and I was able to spend some time with myself and I can remember I was on, I was in Croatia because I went to Croatia on my own on this like solo trip for a few days and I'm on the beach and th I'm thinking about I had been thinking about it and something opened up in me I think and I think knowing that I was gay had been there all along and looking back at things I had written in my journal or thinking about you know thoughts that had went through my head I it was there all along mm -hmm. I think I knew it um, but I, I wouldn't let it out. And there was this moment and I just remember being there on the beach and it's really beautiful. And I just sort of let myself feel it and I let it come out. And I came to the realization I'm, I'm gay and kind of came out to myself. And it was amazing feeling. I mean, it wasn't, it had been, had been full of so many bad feelings, this trying to figure it out. And, but this moment felt so freeing and so amazing and, and it wasn't like after that point everything was fine and I'm gay and tell everybody yeah. there was still a lot of struggle after that and it was still hard to, to come out to other people in my life um, but for me that moment was really freeing and amazing wow yeah thanks for sharing that <laughs> did you cry when in the moment yeah when it happened I don't know I I want to say no I don't remember crying but like I would say yeah Okay, maybe I'll just say yeah, <laughs> because I cried I mean, everything. Because you cried everything, and I feel like that's like a really significant True. moment. True. And, but, I mean, maybe you didn't. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so would you say, so thinking about like Ring of Keys moments, mm. so like from Fun Home when Small Allison yeah. sees um, this like butch woman come into the diner, and it's like she her eyes are open for the first time, and she is finally seeing herself in somebody else, and it's this like liberating, incredible feeling for her. Um, would you say, like, seeing Abby was, like, a, a, a ring of keys moment? Um, or would or was there another moment that was maybe like that as well? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was really a ring of keys moment for me. I'm I really not sure that I had 
a lot of people, as I was trying to figure out my sexuality, I don't think I had a lot of people that I saw myself in, that mm-hmm. I had as a mirror. I don't think I had a lot of representations. Um, I do remember, though, I took this music history class that you weren't in. We took one together. I was going to say, we did, but so this was, but this we took was the history one. of rock and roll. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. That was, a, that was fun. Yeah, that was, was fun. a good class. Yeah. Um, I remember he played John Cage, and it was like, um, he's like, hey, I'm going to play a song, and he went back into the where the speakers were, and we're all just sitting there chatting and waiting and stuff, and it was just three minutes or however long it is of, sci- of, of us all chatting. I was there. Yeah, you remember this, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this, no, this is a different. I'm oh. just remembering oh. from our class. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yes, you were there. Because that's in our journal. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at the end, he comes out and he says, that's John Cage, Sound of Silencer. And that's not what it's called. And <laughs> someone who's an art buff is going to be like, oh, my God, she doesn't know. <laughs> but um, no, so this art class I took, we had to read a Janis Joplin book. Mm-hmm. And it was a biography of Janis Joplin. And it's really long. It was 500 pages or something. And I remember not wanting to read it, but once I started it, couldn't stop reading it. And I kept flipping through and waiting for the moments when she would talk about her sexuality or her mm-hmm. interactions with women or whatever. Um, and she she was never really open about her sexuality. She never came out as gay or queer, um, but she had these relationships with women. And she, you know, it was the 60s, so it's like kind of hippie. She was free with her sexuality or whatever. But there was something that I was really drawn to with that. And I sort of fell in love with her music. But I don't think I ever really liked her music. Mm-hmm. I think I just, it was like a Ring of Keys thing yeah. kind of feeling where mm-hmm. it was like, I love her music because she's so cool and I want to be her. Because, um, you know, you probably think of me as someone who loves Janis Joplin. I but, do. Um, I don't know that I actually really like her music. Wow, but, it's all just coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think she's amazing, and I've had that certain connection to her. Wow. Yeah. I, that's, thanks for opening up about Janice Joplin. That's truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's so interesting, because it's like the media or the music we listen to or the TV we consume or movies or whatever it is has such an influence on us, whether we like it or not. Yeah, And. Definitely. I think it's great that you were able to, like, find that in this in in the book, mm-hmm. and like connect to something, and whether or not you were like conscious of it or, like, is a whole other you know, thing. Yeah, but that's definitely. I don't think I was conscious of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really knew what what why I was drawn to her. But looking back, I know that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of any other times, like maybe even like. In high school or elementary school, you had mentioned like journals and, mm-hmm. but any other moments that kind of stick out? You're like now looking back, you're like, oh, I was so gay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely like you said in your stand up, and you said other times that you knew you were gay when you're well, three months old or something. <laughs> ten months. Ten, ten months. months yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that was not me. I don't. I mean, I it never crossed my mind. And and again with the representation thing, like I just never knew anyone that was gay or that was openly gay. I'm mm. sure I knew gay people. Yeah. But um but yeah, when I think back there are times there was this uh I played basketball in fifth grade or something and there was this girl who was the point guard mm. and <laughs> I don't know what I I don't know why I remember this. I mean I remember it because it 
was different. Yeah. But I just was so drawn to her, and there was, and I remember I saw her at the mall once, and I was like, oh my god, I'm nervous. It's the point guard, and <laughs> I remember having sleepovers with my best friend Leslie and telling Leslie about this point guard and mm. just like, what do you know about her? And do you remember this and that kind of thing? And openly asking Leslie and telling her about it because it, I didn't think anything of it at all. But looking back, I know that it was, I was intrigued. I was into it yeah. in some way. You know, it's so fascinating because I had similar moments with people in like my elementary days, mm. but I, I knew there was, there should be shame around it. Like, I felt that. And so I never, ever shared any of those, like, feelings or wantings or whatever you call them with anybody. Because yeah. it's like, well, someone's going to someone's gonna think that, you know, you're weird or gay or, you know. And so I kept all of that inside. Yeah. And so I think now, I actually, I don't think I've ever talked to my high school friends about this, but I, I will and I'll update you. Like, I think eventually, like, especially in high school when we used to drive by, like, the boys' houses that we had crushes on, or I'm using quotes right now, like, I didn't have crush on boys, but um, yeah. when we drove by their crushes' houses, somehow it was always strategic that we could drive by my crush crushes' houses as well. Interesting. But, like, I would never say anything. Yeah. But I wonder if they ever picked up on, like, if I maybe talked about, like, the basketball player or the choir singer right. like, more than anybody else, like, if they picked up on that. That is interesting to think about because I, I mean, I've, I've had that mo those moments of feeling shame I mean over and over again in my adult life as I was figuring out my sexuality and even afterwards um but I didn't have that growing up like I said because I just didn't have any connection to it I didn't mm -hmm. think about it um and I feel like I would have thought well maybe it's easier for you because you always knew you were gay mm -hmm. um but there was there's some struggle that comes with that if you knew and so you were hiding it and you had that shame and I kind of missed, I got to skip all of that. Yeah, um, must be nice. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I know. I mean, I am kidding. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No. Um, so, I'm thinking about now, like, as you, so you're moving to Ohio. I am. And um, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you yeah. so much. I know. Um, I mean, not I know you're going to miss me, but I, you know what I mean. But you also know. Uh, but I also know that you'll miss me. Um, I know how I was, like, very different than New York City. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking about um, – and but you're moving to Columbus, which is a pretty progressive city. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about, like, switching bubbles of, like, the New York liberal, mostly accepting – space mm -hmm. to this like very like a blue bubble but in a red or blue sometimes purple state of you don't know what you're going to get yeah and so have you thought about what it's going to to feel like because have you ever lived back in I don't think you've lived in Ohio since being I mean except in college or well, I guess maybe that af year yeah after Europe I lived in Ohio for one year yeah. and then 10 years ago I came here yeah yeah so like I'm wondering like have you been thinking about what it's going to be like being like in a queer family mm -hmm. with a baby yeah and in Ohio of course yeah um yeah I mean and that was a big consideration when when we decided to move and my, my family's there and it just feels like it's going to be easier as far as you know getting around and cost of living and my commute and some of the more practical things. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big consideration thinking about 
will will we feel comfortable as a family? Will we feel safe? And I guess my my memories of Columbus and from what I know of it now through reading and through hearing snippets from people is that it is very queer friendly and always has been very queer friendly. And I think there are certain spaces that's in certain spaces. Maybe it's not all queer friendly. And, and I know that that's going to be the case. We'll run into moments that don't feel comfortable or don't feel safe. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I'm generally a positive person, and I'm I'm picturing it as um and that is going to be a positive experience, and that we'll be able to find a circle of people that we feel comfortable with, um, whether they have an affinity or not, that we feel safe and comfortable. Um, and I've I've only had good you know I had an interview there, I have a job already, and I've only had good positive vibes from all of the people I'll be working with and the people that I've been in contact with. So. I hope it's not just hopeful thinking. Yeah. Um, again, I know there's a chance that we'll have some not great experiences, but um, I, th- I think it'll be worth it and, you know, an interesting challenge, new experience. Yeah, and I'm also thinking, too, about how, like, you are now, like, you're a role model. Like, you're a teacher, and so your students are going to see this, like, awesome teacher who has a wife and a baby and that's going to be like eye-opening mind-blowing for some of your students yeah and that's awesome yeah and honestly it is here too in New York Mm. City I teach at a private school on the Upper East Side and and I think this would probably be in most schools anywhere just because uh it's I'm not in the majority as a queer woman who is married to you know a woman and has a child um and there are very few kids in my school who have same-sex parents. So for for all of them, it, it is, it's eye-opening. And it's really amazing because I work with young children and they are, they're experiencing through me, um, you know, a, a queer adult who's, who has a wife, who has a child, and there's no judgment on it. They're, mm-hmm. they're learning it and seeing it as a very normal thing as um, somebody's life who they really love and care about and learn from and see every day. And it's just going to be part of their life and part of their schema and part of who they are growing up. And it's not going to be something they learn about in school or read about in a book or see in a movie even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be part of their life, which I think is really amazing. So, yeah, I think that'll definitely happen in Columbus too. Mm-hmm. Although I do, you know, we, I have to write this letter um, for my future students for mm-hmm. next year in Columbus. And I know that the person who wrote the le- the teacher that wrote the letter last year, I'm kind of basing it off of that. They sent it to me for an idea. She wrote something about my husband and I traveled this summer. This is what we did. Here's a picture of us. And I have not written the letter yet because I keep going back and forth between do I want to say my wife and I did this or, you know, my family, including my wife, or put the picture or whatever, somehow come out in this letter Mm -hmm. um, and have it be out there and be, as you said, this positive representation and this, um, you know, confident queer person uh, with the risk of, you know, I don't know the community, so the risk of these parents knowing that before they know who I am, before Mm -hmm. they know me as a person and having certain feelings about it. Yeah. Um, or do I want to just say my family and I traveled or just I traveled or something? Um, and I, I still haven't fully decided what I want to do. But Yeah, that's – I can see both sides of, like, yeah. you know, not, not wanting people to make assumptions about you based on one part of your identity. Right. But then also the value in just, like, being who you are mm-hmm. and – 
and, and how impactful it. that could be for yeah. somebody and will be for mm-hmm. whoever reads it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, definitely I'm, keep me posted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right. So you're a teacher, so you got your master's. Um, uh, and I, I know what you got your master's in, but I'm so, I would love for you to share like what you got it in and why you, why that was your focus. Sure. I, my master's in, is in early childhood development, as you know. Yes. Um, has to say, I'm like, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. But with a Thank focus you. on, okay, I'll let you say it. Oh, you are you talking about my thesis? Yeah. Oh, I wrote my, okay. Okay, thesis, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wrote my thesis on um, identity, on gender identity and young children. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, that was kind of what led me into, um, into teaching and what, what I went into my role as a teacher with. Because I had just finished my thesis, I applied for was applying for these jobs, and that's all I was talking about was you know finishing my thesis about gender identity. And most of the schools that I went to, and I'm working at private schools, but um, they were so excited about the fact that I was thinking about that, that I was talking about that, that I was you know specifically focusing on gender identity in children, um, and I I was and still am so passionate about it. I quickly learned that um, these schools weren't so open and forward thinking um, as I thought they were. And I started teaching lessons on like the, the spectrum of, of gender and the difference between gender and sex and sexual. Actually, I didn't go into sexuality with the young kids, gender and sex. Um, and there was some pushback mm-hmm. with, you know, from administration and um, not so much from parents, but the I think the pushback was from administration was the fear that parents were going to push back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that over time, um, there's I think I've been a catalyst and along with my colleagues for a lot of change. And since then, I've written a whole identity curriculum for my school, uh, for my, my the first graders at my school, uh, and helped with with the second grade identity curriculum. Um, you know, focusing on different aspects of identity like race and ability and gender um, and age and a few others. And so, you know, the the schools kind of come around and it's been amazing because it's so important for young children to learn about all those things. Like I said, without the, like the stigma and the shame and the uh, preconceived notions and stuff that come along when you're a little bit older. And we're just teaching them the foundations of these things, like the definitions that you need to know in order to function in society yeah. and to be a good person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I was just mm-hmm. thinking, like, when, you know, when we lived together, I was out, like, six nights a week doing improv, and I kind of missed that whole chunk of your career, yeah. like, studying and writing your thesis, because I was out, well, I was exploring my gender, right. like, in those moments without even really, really realizing that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's... We were like ships passing the night. Yeah, of. yeah, you were never around. I know. <laughs> um, and I actually thought about the other day. I wish that I was around more because now you're moving to Ohio. Aww. and I wish we could have hung out more. Well, at least we, we, hang out, we like, live together time. for years and years. Yeah, so. true. Um, so when you when you finally started, when you admitted to yourself that you were a gay person, and then when you started sharing it with other people, how did how was it received? Um. I've had mostly positive experiences. I think 
I think surprise to my surprise, a lot of people were not surprised. Mm. Uh, when I came out to my mom, she was sort of like, yeah, I'm, I know, sweetie. I know. That's exactly <laughs> what my sister said. Verbatim. Well, yeah, probably know, verbatim. Because yeah. <laughs> that's definitely from you and your yeah. sister. But um, yeah, my mom was like, well, you've never had a boyfriend and you never talked about a guy. And I kind of assumed. Um, I came out to my nine, I mean, she's 99 now, my grandmother. She mm. was probably Dot. early 90s at the time your favorite yeah uh and she also sort of said that she knew she had always mm. thought that maybe that was the case so I while I was thinking I'm telling these people that I'm something that they never thought I was and I'm going to shock them and change their minds about me and whatever uh, most people I told were sort of like yeah okay we, yeah not surprised it's just still surprising to me and yeah still yeah and then you know all of you all of my friends who were again, assumed straight for so long, you all end up coming out. So, of course, you're all like, join the crew, <laughs> join right. the gang. Yeah. Um, uh, we had t-shirts made. Yeah, we uh, should have. Well, we, didn't, we kind but... of did. Well, for my 21st birthday, yeah. you took me to the Ashley Simpson concert. Yes. And um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Ashley Simpson is Jessica Simpson's younger sister. Who doesn't know that? I don't know. For those listening. of you who I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> you all know, probably. But she has a song... Um, I didn't steal your boyfriend. And so Dolce made me a shirt that said on the front, I didn't steal your boyfriend, and on the back, because I'm gay. <laughs> Which is like the best shirt ever, and I wish I still had it. I wish you did too. I Why would you not keep that? I don't know. Make me a new one, please. <laughs> like that, I feel like that kind of thing was sort of bold for us at the time. Yeah. Now that would be something we would do, whatever. But yeah. um, that was a long time ago in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And to wear that shirt out to a concert it was kind of bold. Yeah. Cool. Brave, if you will. Yeah, brave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think about how we all kind of like gravitated towards each other yeah. in a way that just feels almost surreal that there are sure. at least four of us, I guess, like the core, like yeah. four, like our... Who are still really close, tight friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Who were not out and now are out. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder if there's this, if there's some kind of, I don't know what it, what it is, if there's like a... I don't want to say gaydar, cause that, but like some kind of... <laughs> that diminishes of, it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but some yeah. kind of connection or feeling of familiarity mm -hmm. that maybe drew us to each other. I think so. Um, I think, you know, I think finding your community is so vital to being, <clears throat> excuse me, to being gay or to being part of any sort of marginalized group. And I think even if we weren't out at the time or we hadn't identified our sexualities for ourselves or for each other, I'm sure we were drawn to each other for, for that reason because we felt a sense of community and we felt something. It has to be because otherwise, yeah. how would we have all come together? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I do love saying, though, that I was the first one to have some kind of relationship with, uh, I guess, someone of the same sex at the time. Sure. That's the best way to say it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to you. And that was the first to come out. Fair. So we all have our firsts. And I was the first <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I do want to think about, I want to go back to, like, um, me coming out to you. Because that yeah. was, like, really, really terrifying for me. You mm -hmm. were the first person I came out to. Um, and I wrote on a post-it because mm -hmm. I couldn't even say the words. Well, let's talk about leading up to that, which was, I think, a painful time for both of us. Yeah, because yeah you were struggling so much with 
I think holding that in yeah that you were just withdrawing into yourself and I kind of forced you to come out because I was like you are horrible and (laughs) mean and (laughs) um, not fun anymore yeah and if you don't tell me what's going on with you then I just can't be friends with you anymore I just felt like I was at that point yeah and so yeah you finally pulled me into your room yeah I just I I mean in addition to that like I was drinking a lot and became mean and angry we actually we named my alter ego Brevrick. Brevy. Brevy, which I also, I wonder, like my drunk alter ego mm-hmm. of like. Mean. Drunk, mean. 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 I feel like after ego. I came out, Brevrick disappeared mm-hmm. for the most part. Maybe after you came out for the second time. Really? I, let's well, let's okay. shut up. So <laughs> after you came out, I think Brevrick's dwindled. Dwindled. Came out sure. less. Yeah. But then I think Brevrick came back a little bit here and there until you really came out and figured out who you were. Like as trans? As, as yeah, a trans, non-binary person. Wow. Um, okay. I don't, I don't and then realize I that think Brev was there for that long. I, I want to say that's true. Wow. We can fact God, check I, that. Let's fact check that <laughs> okay. later. Um, but, well, so, yeah. So I was just mean and angry and depressed. Yeah. And I'm thankful that you kind of, you were being a friend. And, I mean, yeah, yeah but yeah, you were being a friend and saw me, you saw, we were all suffering. Um, apparently you know different reasons uh, because I was forcing you to suffer because (laughs) I was mean Um, but I remember just showing you the post-it and and you you said that's it like this is what you've been holding in like I mean all you said was that's it just to clarify yeah the post-it said (laughs) I'm bi yes so right I came out as bi um, because I was also like, I don't mean dating. to laugh. That's me. No, yeah, but it's funny. Just knowing you now, those are the it's facts. Funny. <laughs> That's great. Um, right, but at that time, I still was dating um, two different genders, and um, so right. Um, so I put, said I'm bi on the post-it, showed it to you, and you said that's it. Mm-hmm. And I can't even explain to you the relief. I mean, that I felt of like my best friend didn't turn me away and like didn't cut me out of their life, like. I mean, I burst out crying, and then you cried. Sobbing. And sobbing, <laughs> like heaving sobs yeah. of relief. Um, and you, we just, like, you just, like, held me for m- minutes and minutes and minutes. I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just was really an important moment for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry that Brever came out more. <laughs> I didn't, I, don't, I thought, I thought Brever I apologize, but there were moments. <sighs> Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's because I, I really, I was struggling with my gender identity yeah. and didn't really had no idea that I was struggling. Holding in being um, like a gay, a gay, holding in my sexual, my sexual orientation was really, really hard. And then yeah. I thought once that came out that everything would be better. And I just had no idea that I was struggling with that yeah. either. Well, there was something else yeah. going on. And so we went to that. L- lipstick lesbian party or fatale. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was lipstick lesbian awareness party. Okay. <laughs> in the Lower East Side during Pride five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I ever was femme. Maybe I had like one year where I got like a coach well, purse. Let's not okay, forget great. that you let's hear it. <laughs> that you dressed as a girl for Halloween one year. Yeah. That that's you know, that's a true story. That so is. You um, were femme. For Halloween. For, for Halloween one year. Yeah. Um, and I have pictures to prove how unhappy I was doing mm-hmm. that. But um, you had moments of, of I want to put makeup on or I wanna yeah. want you to help me with my hair or something. Yeah. And I think I don't think it ever felt like you, but yeah. You were trying to fit in yeah. as we all do. 
Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, I'm flashing back to Chittenden, which is the name of the street we lived on in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, so we go to this party and I'm surrounded by all of these very like femme women, lesbians. Yeah. And did you see the glass breaking above my head? I mean, the metaphorical aha glass shattering moment. Yeah, I think I did. It was like, it was like in that, in that space. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I'm not a woman. Yeah. Like, I, not only am I not a lesbian or a, a femme woman, I'm not a woman. Right. And I remember very clearly I had my messenger on my, my body, my messenger bag on my body, being like, I hate my chest. Mm-hmm. Do you remember me saying that out loud? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're in the middle of this party and we're yeah. sitting there having this really intense conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't like my name. I don't mm-hmm. like, and it just was like all at once, all of these things happening and you were you were there real time of like, yeah. oh my God. And we were like, well, what does this mean? And I was like, I don't know, but I, I I've, by George, I think I've got it. Like, <laughs> I've figured it out. I wish you would have said that <laughs> in the <me> moment. Too. <laughs> if I could turn back time, that's the moment I would yeah. change. Thank you. <laughs> we can, maybe we can pretend, we can rewrite that story a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pivotal. And then you were, you were with me when I woke up from my top surgery. I was. Um, yep. You've just been in all the moments. I have, yeah. And I, I really... I love that. I mean, it's interesting to think about when, you know, I'm thinking about telling my coming out story for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I know that I've told you the gist of, of the story of coming out to myself. Um, but I don't know that I've told you the specifics. And, and there's even more than, than I've said here. But um, I was looking back through my journals to kind of jog my memory and there are so many things that I wrote and that I was feeling that I was struggling with that I had never told anyone and mm. I still haven't really told anyone. And that's sort of who I am. I kind of think, keep things to myself. Um, but I, I'm just kind of putting, realizing this, juxtaposing it with, with you, who, who I've shared all of your moments with. I've, I've happened to be there, which is amazing. And you're so open and willing to talk about things and to work them out out loud. Uh, it's just an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. between two friends. Yeah. Well, you've always kind of been my, um, like my producer, my director, like all through our, our time editor, together. Editor, in chief. Yeah. I, say that. I mean, I feel like you helped me write my first stand-up set. You named my franchise, yes. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. I, Right-hand woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So... Tell me about being a mom. I just, you know, I. <laughs> oh my know. gosh! I to tell me everything. It's incredible. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> I have tissues. Again, I cried everything, but <laughs> it's just incredible. I mean, I've always wanted to be a mom. I'm really gonna cry. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it, now that it's it's actually happened and I am a mom, it almost feels unreal sometimes. Can this child be mine? Can she be ours? Um, but she is, and and I, you know, I was, t- I was texting my sister the other day. I was sent, I send my family videos all the time. We're on this group chat, and uh, my sister said it was a video of of Keo, my little baby, laughing and smiling. And my sister said, uh, I, I love how how happy she makes you, or something. And I said, I. I said, there must be something happening in my body, chemically happening in my body when she smiles because it's this indescribable feeling that I've never felt that I just can't, I just overcome with 
emotion and amazingness. And um, she was like, well, yeah, it's called serotonin. Mm. So it's actually a thing. <laughs> um, but it really is. It just feels constantly like that. I'm just so intrigued by her and amazed by her and in love with her. And um, I sing to her all the time. I sing to her actual songs, and I make everything I do with her into a song. Awesome. Um, but when I sing actual songs, I cry because there are all these songs that I've known for so long that I've always thought maybe I'll sing this as a lullaby, mm -hmm. or I've sung as a lullaby to kids that I've cared for. Um, and now I'm singing it to my little baby. So it's the best feeling, it really. For, for me, it's just the most amazing thing. That's incredible. Yeah. I see how happy she makes you. It's really... <laughs> It's really cute. Thanks. And incredible. Um, so, so speaking of music, um, what is one of those songs that like you're just like you just are touched when you when yeah. you hear it, whether it's about you know your relationship with Keo or just in general, like a song that just really speaks to you. Well, you know that's a million songs, yeah. right? Because <laughs> we have our music connection, and yeah. we harmonize, we sing, we have so many songs. But um, so, yeah, I definitely get that feeling from a bunch of things. But I think the kind of what, what comes to mind now because of the whole like mother thing is the song The Mother mm. by Brandi Carlisle. Um, I first heard her play that song at a concert in at the Capitol Theater where I live in Port Chester. And it wasn't on her album yet. She I mean, I wouldn't say no one had heard it, but, it, you know, it wasn't out yet. And. She sang it, and I mean, May wasn't pregnant. We didn't have a baby yet. It was like far down the road, but I was just sobbing because it's such a beautiful song. It's a really real and honest uh, version of motherhood, mm -hmm. but in such a beautiful way. Um, and you know, and since then, I would listen to it and I would cry and I would kind of wish that I could have that or look forward to because I thought that someday I would have it. And so now I sing it to Keo. And the, ch the child, Brandy Carlisle's daughter's name is Evangeline. So she says, the, re the refrain is, I am the mother of Evangeline. Mm. And I can say, I am the mother of Keo Jean. And it like fits in nicely. Mm. And uh, it's just the best feeling. I have my little baby to sing it to. So and she loves it, obviously. I mean, two uh, months they, and it's her favorite song. Yeah. Are you going to teach her how to harmonize with you? A hundred percent. So can we have a trio then? Yeah. Okay. Winter song trio. Kyo, a trio with Kyo. Oh. It's a deal. Uh, so, like, I love Kyo, but winter song is ours. Too soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can find our own with we'll our, find trio, our Kyo own. trio. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I asked you to think of would you rather question. Oh, would you rather yeah. question. So before I get into yours, I'm going to ask you the would you rather that um, oh, no. from the last podcast. Okay, I'm nervous. So <laughs> would you rather wear have to wear wet socks on your feet for a full year without taking them off? Gross. Right. Or dry socks on your hands for a year Ugh. and you can't take them off. Which would you rather? Oh my god, it's awful. I know. It's so awful. I know. I think, well, so there's practical things going on. Yeah. I mean, it was a what, would you rather, but if I have them on my hands, I can't do much, right? right. I got to go with my feet. That's what we both said, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm in the majority. Yeah, for well, sure. I mean, I don't know why, but Because <laughs> uh, it feel feels better. good to have connection with other people. I suppose so. Um, so what's oh. your, what's your would you rather? My feet are like, uncomfortable right I know. now. It's like Mine, raining like, outside, sweaty. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you asked about the would you rather, and I, I was thinking about how I mentioned Leslie already, but Leslie and I used to have sleepovers, and we play this game of would you rather, and just 
like ask all these really stupid questions. <laughs> we'd be like, would you rather eat a worm or eat a tack? And then we'd be like, a worm. Oh my God. You, said, you know, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Um, well, which one would you rather? But I think, yeah. Um, a more serious one. Oh, great. Okay. But worm or tack real quick. Oh, you really want me to answer? Yeah. Uh, worm. Yeah. Because the tack Just would like hurt. swallow it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Tack would be painful. Um, would you rather be able to change history or be able to make history? Oh, whoa. Good one. Mm, thanks. It's like a deeper would yeah. you rather. Just think about it a little bit. Because you could erase some stuff that is really harmful and hurtful. Yeah. Or you could be a change maker. Right. Well, I would definitely go back to the Lipstick Lesbian Awareness Party and say, by George, I think I've got it. Oh, In regards right, to right, my gender identity. Right, yeah. Right. I thought of my question when you said that. I was yeah. like, I don't want to go into it yet. But yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I guess I would probably... I would I would make history. I would I would make set it for the future because we can learn from the past mm -hmm. and use it for good and then just keep building on that. Can I tell you that this is so bad, but the teacher and me, when you were thinking about that, yeah. almost interrupted and said, You have three seconds to answer this. <gasps> three, two. Do you do that as I, a teacher? Yes. I mean, only <laughs> what I don't say it, you have three seconds to answer this, but it's often when we're doing a greeting or something and they have to pick someone to say hello to and mm -hmm. they're just looking around and sitting yeah. there. I'm like, I don't have all day for you to pick a person out of 22 to say hello. So you have three seconds to choose. Three. Too. And I had the urge to do that because it's a would you rather and you're not supposed to think too much. Yeah. So I wanted to do it, but you're welcome for Thank not you doing for it. Thank you for not welcome. coming out and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what would you pick? I have a similar <laughs> feeling. I'm going to go right into it. Right, right. Um, the make history one because like future, hopeful, make change instead of dwelling in the past. Yeah. But I think... I think depending on the person and your life experience, I think that alters your answer too. And like yeah. as a white privileged person, I think it's maybe easier to say the future one. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so before we go into our last segment, I'm curious to know if you have any other last minute things that you are dying to share, any advice you want to give to people out there or to your younger self. Mm, advice. I think, I mean, if I were giving advice to my, to my younger self, I guess a couple of things. I think I would say one thing to know that it's good to be different or that it's important to be different, but that it's a really good thing. It's a really important thing. Um, because I think we get stuck in this idea that, of, of sameness, of, of trying to fit in, and especially when we're younger. Um, yeah. And I think I definitely was stuck in that. I felt like I was supposed to follow this formula and that it wasn't a good thing to be different. But now that I am older and wiser um, and that I in some ways fit into this category of different, it's like it's been such an – I mean, I wouldn't be who I, who I am and I wouldn't have the community I have and obviously wouldn't have my amazing family if I didn't decide that it was okay to be different and that was good so I would tell myself that yeah. the other thing which we mentioned before is just find your community because finding all of you and however we did it you know without knowing who we were and then coming out and figuring it out and, and now having a larger queer community uh, I think saves lives yeah 
So for sure, and it's just amazing and fun and important. Yeah. But yeah, that's for my sure. advice. That's great. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. Oh, now. And tell and me so about this segment. I know. Rapid fire. What's the fun in that? Right. Um, so I'm just gonna um, ask you some questions and just answer to the best of your ability. Is this an improv thing? Uh, not for me because I'm reading off the screen. Oh, well, just I feel like you, you used to come home from improv and tell us all about your exercises and sing all the songs, and this feels like one of those things. Like, don't mm. think about what you're going to say. I mean, for all intents and purposes, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll try my best. I just, I remember um, there was a, a fr- now it was like, it was a great, great day. Oh, my God. And then yeah. I would sing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, months later, you started singing it. And I was oh. like, how do you know that? And you're like, because you sing it every All minute. the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, yeah. ready? Yeah. Writing or reading? Reading. Acting or singing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Beach or mountains? Beach. Biking or running? Biking. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Good. Train or plane? <laughs> Train. Pants or shorts? Pants. Coke or Pepsi? Mm, neither. Oh, I'm not a right. Coke or Pepsi person. That's fine. All right. Night or Day. Day. Favorite dessert? Ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream. Yeah. Great. You I was did. like my teacher, three, two, one. <laughs> I know. I was like, say it. Yeah. Uh, you have three seconds. Uh, you did it. You Yay. did the rapid fire. All right. You it did wasn't the bad. No. It wasn't scary questions. They were kind of easy. Yeah. Although you said beach or mountains, and I said beach right away, which was interesting. I feel like I learned something about myself. Mm. So I think if I would have thought about it, thought about it, I might have said mountains. Interesting. But maybe um maybe I'm a beach person more than mountain person. Huh. I like both. How about it? Hmm. There you go. Move to LA where there's both. Mm, moving to Columbus where there's neither. So <laughs> great compromise. Yeah, right. Um someday. Thank you for being here thank and for you for coming out. Yeah, thank you for coming out, for being my best friend. Mm. Um and for holding me and guiding me and teaching me and letting me grow. Um it's been life changing. Oh, and life saving. You're welcome. And thank you for being my best friend. You're welcome. Love you. Love you too. Thank you for coming out.